All right, everybody. Welcome to episode 11 of the Luke Babala Show. I sit here at 3.57 in the afternoon as I sip my drink on a Friday afternoon. Personally, I think I'm, how do I say this, in a good way. There's no good way to say it. I think I'm becoming a failure to launch, right? And what a failure to launch is, is basically somebody that just can't seem to move out of their parents' house. That's what I feel like I'm at risk of becoming. I, I, I don't know. I just feel like I have no real sense of direction lately in life. And for good or for bad, I, I just don't know what the direction is. I'd obviously love to become a comedian. I'd love to keep doing the show. But at the same time, I just don't know how I'm going to do that. So, like, finding open mics, stuff like that. There's a couple spots that I'm looking at right now. So, hopefully, I can get to that soon. I will say, I do love doing this podcast. I love having the freedom to be able to say whatever and, like, not be regulated by rules like that. But, you know, so this is it. Um, The past week has been, uh, it's been kind of iffy, right? So, here's what happened. I am a Browns fan, and... Me, my brother, and four of my friends, we decided we were going to go to the Browns versus Steelers game in Pittsburgh all the way back in August. Yes, and, you know, we were under the implication that both teams would be competing for or had clinched the playoffs and would be, you know, battling for seeding. But that wasn't the case. No, instead, my Cleveland Browns, who I've tried so hard not to be emotionally invested in over the past couple of years. I, I I tried to pretend like I don't care and like it doesn't hurt. But once again, they've just failed in terms of accomplishing expectations. And, you know, at this point, I shouldn't be surprised. People shouldn't be surprised. But they had the six best Super Bowl odds at the beginning of the year. You see... For the first time in their uh, expansion history, of course, uh, they moved back to Cleveland in the late 90s, so they became a whole new organization, but they were able to keep their history, basically. And for the first time in the organization's, we'll call it second life, they made the playoffs last year. It was a COVID year, so does it count? Does it not count? We all feel like it did, okay? And... It was so fun, right? They, they finished the season 11-5. and five. They beat the rival Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs in the first round away at Heinz Field, 48-37. to 37. It, it was fantastic because we, I'm going to say we, I never say we, but I'm emotionally invested right now, right? I've come out of the closet in terms of being a fan, okay? Here I am in, in, in my most vulnerable state. Here I am, right? And it was amazing. 48 to 37. I couldn't believe it was happening. Nobody could believe it was happening, but it happened. And they were within one fourth down call, right? Not call. One fourth down play of beating the Kansas City Chiefs in the divisional round and making it to the AFC Championship. Right? There, there, were, there were a lot of other plays that could have gone either way, but it's just their luck as I simp on my drink again. It was just their luck, and it didn't happen. Okay? Whatever. So naturally, though, you would think a team with so much offensive firepower, and, and they made a lot of a lot of really good 
uh, free agent acquisitions and the offseason, right? So you think that, you know, there, it was on the defensive side of the ball mostly, and you would think, okay, so the defense is here to play too. The offense was great. They literally had the coach of the year last year and first-year head coach Kevin, Kevin Stefanski, right? And so you would think, okay, it's all it's all coming together, right? They're finally going to make a Super Bowl run. They're going to they're gonna make a playoff push. Let's do it, right? We're all in. And and now they're seven and nine, and and they have one more game left. In typical Cleveland Browns fashion, they were eliminated on a day where they didn't even play last weekend. They they the Kansas City Chiefs needed to beat the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Baltimore Ravens needed to lose to the Los Angeles Rams. And we thought that the Kansas City Chiefs would easily beat the Bengals because they were on like a five, six game winning streak. I, I can't remember the exact number. Thought the Ravens game would be a little bit hard, but we thought they'd be both be able to come through. And basically, if either one of those teams uh, lost, the Browns would be eliminated from the playoffs. Those teams being, of course, the Bengals or the Ravens. and Or one, I'm sorry. So naturally, right, the Ravens game ended first and they ended up losing, so that was great. And all we needed was the Bengals to lose to the Chiefs. And they didn't come through. And so the Browns, who played the next day, which was Monday night, televised nationally, whatever, against the rival Steelers, were eliminated on a day that they didn't even play, once again, in typical Browns fashion. And I just don't understand... How this happened, I mean, I understand how it happened. There, there's been so much turmoil when it comes to this team this year, whether it was all of the Odell Beckham Jr. drama to Baker Mayfield, literally playing with one arm to the coaching decisions. I mean, I just don't understand why you don't run the damn ball. You know, when you have the statistically, Nick Chubb is the second best running back in the league in terms of rushing yards, okay? And... For example, when they played on Christmas Day, by the way, the first ever Christmas Day NFL game, they ruined Christmas for us. Christmas was completely different. After they lost, Christmas sucked. It was awful. The only thing that made me feel better was working out on Christmas Day, but even then, it still didn't solve anything. It was terrible. I I just don't understand what you do. You literally have the second-best running back in the league, arguably, all you need is 10 more yards for a kick and you win the game because they were down by two and you win the game with the kick, right? You kick the ball through the field goal, you know, the goal, the goal post, and it goes in. Three points is better than two, so you win, you would think. But Mr. Coach of the Year, something must have happened. He must have got like a, a head injury or something because it was first and 10, they passed. Second and 10, they passed. Third and 10, they passed. Fourth and 10, pick. Boom. Okay, and when you have the arguably the best offensive line running and passing blocking in the league. You would think you'd be able to get at least 10 yards with the second best running back in the league, but no. And it was just so frustrating because they played the Packers on Christmas day and the Packers are arguably the best team in the league. And they, the Browns have one of the best rosters on paper, at least. And they've lost. They've been the, the the team that's lost the most close games in terms of six or less points, the margin of the game, win or loss. 
And it's just so frustrating because here's the thing. Like I said before, my friends and I, we go to the game on Monday night. And we go expecting a win because, as you see, it was Big Ben's last game. Big Ben being the Steelers quarterback. He had announced he'd retire earlier in the season. So we were like, okay, you know what? At least we didn't get eliminated tonight, right? We're going into it. Whatever happens, happens. And let's spoil Ben's last home game in Pittsburgh, right? Let's do it. We walk in, and the stadium's beautiful, okay? The, the, the stadium, Heinz Field, where the Steelers play, it just makes First Energy Stadium, uh, it, it, it just makes it look like Ethiopia, the, the not-so-nice parts. It just looks like shit compared to Heinz Field, right? Heinz Field, you walk in, and you immediately see the hallways, right? Why am I talking about the hallways, you may ask? Well, the hallways are three times wider than the hallways at First Energy Stadium. And they're so much nicer, okay? They're, it's not even concrete. It's like this plastic concrete because they want to make it look nice, okay? The pillars that hold up the hallway, you would think just regular steel pillars. No, they're legit Super Bowl trophies that are shaped as, as pillars. The pillars are shaped like Super Bowl trophies because they have six, six Super Bowl trophies, literally in the hallway. It's beautiful. There's a Quaker steak. There's a Promantis. There's all these name brand uh, shops, restaurants, whatever. Granted, it's counter service, but still the food is amazing. You could tell everybody involved in the Steelers organization cares and the Browns organization doesn't give one shit. They just want to make money and that's why they're not a good organization. That's why they don't win. Despite that, we, we, we went on. So we got our food. We sat down. We got to Heinz Field, obviously, and it was beautiful. Not just the hallways, of course. The stadium was beautiful. You go there, and we were one of the first people in. And after we ate, my brother and I went to uh, go wash our hands. We got we got wings, and they were fantastic. Although I would say, don't eat wings in the freezing cold. It's a death sentence. Just don't do it. You know, it doesn't make sense to. I'm a dumbass. I did it, but don't do it. And we go down. And the reason we went down is because we went to the first row and we wanted to see all the players who were practicing and warming up and stuff. And we would get the best view. And it was awesome. We got to be there for like an hour. And like we were, we were yelling at all the players and the coaches. And a, a good amount of them actually responded to us. Like Mike Prefert, who's the uh, special teams coordinator, head special teams guy, he, we would call him his name. We were like, Mike, Mike, Mike. And he kind of looked behind him, pointed behind him, like, oh, you talking to me? Is there somebody behind me? And then he smiled. It was great. Uh, Chief David Njoku, we call his name. Dude is jacked. Not a more underutilized player in the NFL than David Njoku, in my opinion. Dude is like 260. He was warming up with like shorts and cleats. No shirt. He didn't need one. Dude's chest was enormous. It was, it was bigger than the table I'm doing this podcast at now. Like my gosh, you could tell he, he spent time in the weight room. I mean, obviously he did. He's an NFL football player, but whatever. Nick Chubb gave us the salute. 
Um, who else? Chase McLaughlin, the kicker, waved at us a little bit. We tried to get a, a, the woman coach's attention, but, you know, she's tough. Uh, she kind of scared me a little bit. I didn't want to call her name because I felt like she was going to come in the stadium and just rip my head off. Or excuse me, the stands rip my head off. So I didn't call her name. But she she looks cool. I'd love like for her to coach me if I was a football player. But I was scared to call her name. She was pretty intimidating. I'm not going to lie. So I, I kind of shied away from her. We called who else? We, we called Baker's name. He kind of waved. Um, overall, all the players were like really cool when we called their name. Majority of them, they all looked, and it was sweet. So I had a nice time doing that. And then we were, I'd like to say, like 20, 25 yards away from the Monday Night Football, Um, that whole stage where they were all like gathering for the pregame and stuff like that, all the celebrities, all the commentators, whatever. Randy Moss, we saw him. He was cool. He didn't really like acknowledge us, but whatever. I mean, you're in that profession so long. What do you expect? Booger McFarland, the worst sports commentator of all time. Excuse me. He uh he was there as well. His big fat ass bald head. But you know, we call Booger, Booger. You know, just stupid stuff. Like here's why he's the worst football commentator of all time. He used to do Monday Night Football, and you literally have to turn the volume down and mute it. That's how bad he was, right? For example, if the score was 21 to 14, right? He'd be, ah, say Lewis Riddick. Riddick is doing uh, the broadcast with me. Ah, Lewis, listen, I I don't know. All the Browns have to say the Browns playing the Bengals. All the Browns have to do is score seven more points, and they're tied up 21-21 just like that. Like, yeah, what, what, what the hell do you think it is? Of course we know that. He's literally saying everything as it happened, just like, I don't know, because he, he's a terrible broadcaster. But, like, one of my friends was like, oh, you make football simple. You, you make me understand football. Like, just there's some dumbass stuff, you know, whatever. He eventually, he looked over. But then we got kicked out um, by apparently Miles Garrett's girlfriend, which she was kind of a bitch. I'm not going to lie. Like, Miles, could, he, he's getting paid, what, like, 30, 35 million a year, maybe a little bit less. But for that money, dude, you could be doing so much better. Like, this girl was not good looking at all. For one of the best defensive players in the league, arguably the best defensive player in the league, you could say arguably, but he's definitely top five. Like, dude could be doing so much better. So, like, whatever. She was kind of mean, so we moved. And then the game happened. And... You know, when you have the second best running back in the league, once again, it's coming back to coaching. And I'm going to go on another mini rant here, and forgive me. I just get so pissed off. They ran the ball four times with Nick Chubb, who, like I said, once again, the second best running back in the league statistically. He had one run for like 30-plus yards, and then he only ran it three other times. The first half, it was terrible, right? They, they were losing 10-0 at the end of the first half. Ben threw a pick. Time expired, so they didn't even get the ball back. But here's how discombobulated the team is. Uh, the rest of the team went in to go do the halftime adjustments, whatever, talk over everything at halftime, right? Four of the defensive players went to go celebrate in front of the camera. Like, dude, you, you're losing the game. You couldn't score. You, nothing positive could come from that pick. Unless you run it back, but they didn't run it back at all. And so they were all over the place. They were trying to celebrate, just like Chase Claypool, but it means nothing. 
Okay, whatever. They come back. It's the second half. They go down a little bit more. Right? <sighs> Baker started out like 1 for 12. Like, he was awful. That's another thing. They're putting him in awful situations. But at the same time, he's got one arm. He shouldn't be out there in the first place. I don't know why. And here's another issue I have. He is so cocky cocky to a fault not cocky like okay whatever you have a little chip on your shoulder it's good you're a competitive guy no he takes it to the media he he takes it on social media it's all of this stuff he never stops talking just sit down put your put your head down and do your job but no he can't because he, he always has to talk uh but the thing is he's the best quarterback in in the franchise's expansion history he is the only one that has led them to a playoffs and and won. So like, what are you what are you gonna do? You know what I mean. But but lately his play has been absolute shit. And so then I ask myself, what happens? Because they end up losing the game twenty six to fourteen. And it's like if you would just run the ball instead of throwing with a handicapped player who literally has only one arm, then maybe you would have won. And. I can't do this. I'm going to do it anyway. And here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I am in an emotionally and physically abusive. Not a, let me let me let me restart that. Oh, my gosh. I am. No, no, I am. I am in an emotionally and physically abusive relationship with the Cleveland Browns. OK, emotionally, I think you would understand emotionally, right? Every week, you're stressed out. I almost prefer the offseason, so I don't have to deal with all the stress week to week. It doesn't even make sense. I shouldn't be stressed, but I am, and I try not to be stressed. I really do, but for some reason, it just persists. And physically, okay, I'm in a physically abusive relationship as well. People love to talk about how Big Ben raped somebody allegedly. And while that may be true, while it may be false, I am getting physically raped by paying for these ticket prices. I paid all that money to go watch the Browns lose. It felt like a blowout. It wasn't a blowout at the end, but it felt like a blowout. I paid all that money to watch the Browns lose in a game that didn't even matter. It didn't even matter. They do this all the time. And here's the thing. I, 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 I'm a member of a cult, okay? I am a member of a cult. A cult basically is a group that you can't leave no matter how much you try to sum it up, okay? It's like that episode of Spider-Man, the animated series, right? The 90, 90s cartoon, right? So Mary Jane, Peter Parker's love interest, is she gets gets pulled into this cult, okay? Basically, she believes that if she keeps doing these rituals, stuff like that, her dad will come back, right? She's brainwashed. Basically, what happens in the show is all of these people who are members of the cult, who are locked in the cult, they float, okay? And they float all over New York until they get back to this one place where the cult takes place. And that's what happens every Sunday at 1 o'clock p.m., you see. I somehow find myself in front of the TV, right? Just like I will this coming Sunday when the Browns play their last game. I'm going to somehow find myself in front of the TV, and I'm going to be stressed. Even though the game doesn't even matter, I'm going to be stressed because I am a member of a cult that I can't leave. And I'm going to continue to be raped with these ticket prices because, once again, I cannot leave. 
So, you know, you can complain all you want about your emotionally and physically abusive relationships, but mine will never go away. That's the thing. It's just so stressful. It is literally so stressful because year in and year out, we think, oh, next year's going to be our year. <laughs> next year's going to be our year. Let me tell you. I can't name something that gives people more false hope than the Cleveland Browns. How many alcoholics have been created by the Cleveland Browns in the last 30 years? I, I, in, in Youngstown alone, because we have a lot of alcoholics here, because the weather isn't that nice. You go down to Southern Ohio, Middle Ohio, maybe it's a little bit nicer. But you know, in Youngstown alone, I would imagine a ton of alcoholics are being created by the Browns. You go to Cleveland, I would imagine the majority of that city is alcoholics because of the Cleveland Browns. And then you go to Ohio, no wonder why we have the opioid crisis, because our football team doesn't win. I don't count Cincinnati Bengals. That's, Cincinnati's basically Kentucky at this point. It's right there. So, like, why, why do you even count it? But, you know, despite all of that, I'll be in Cleveland this Sunday, and I will find myself in front of the TV with the rest of my family. We're going to my aunt and uncle's house, and we will be finding ourselves in front of the TV watching a game that doesn't matter. Baker has announced that he will be getting his off-season surgery that he should have got in week three. Would have been healthy by now. Maybe they would have been better to uh, make a playoff push. So, Case Keenum, the backup, will be playing. The Browns are favored by six somehow, even though the Bengals already clinched the playoffs. So, their starters will all be sitting, but... I can assure you I know who's going to win. And it's not going to be the team that has all their starters playing minus the quarterback. The Bengals are going to win. Like, I know that. And the thing is, I'm still going to watch and I'm still going to be disappointed. And it's never going to end. It's going to be the same thing over and over and over. It's just like Groundhog Day. Only the thing is, I keep getting older and the same thing keeps happening. I don't preserve my youth. I don't keep repeating the same day over and over and over it's just the same season over and over and over but the thing is instead of retaining my youth i'm getting older and i'm getting crankier and i'm 20 years old and to have a sliver of what winning feels like and then it's just taken away from you that hurts this is the worst relationship that i've ever been in and you could ask some of my, you know, exes that I've been with, girls I've dated. Maybe they'll tell you differently, but I'm a pretty good person. I'm a positive person. Like I said, maybe they can tell you differently, but we're never going to get out of this. No, no. We're stuck. We're stuck in Groundhog Day. So to every other Browns fan out there, and believe me, if you have a gun to your head, I, I don't blame you. I would advise you not to pull the trigger, but I really don't have any controls. But just know that I feel you, and I get it. Uh, I'm not suicidal. I'm not a suicidal person, but I can't say that I know what you're going through. And I just hope that this coming Sunday they can uh, 
they can pull one out. I, I'm, I'm done talking about this. This is just too depressing. What's going on, everyone? I'm so glad you're listening to or watching the show. But before I let you go, I have one question for you. Do you want to support me? And no, honey, I'm not talking about emotional support. I'm talking about supporting the Luke Papala show. How can I do this, you may ask? Well, lucky for you, I have the answer. In the description section of the show and under each episode, you'll find a link that says support this podcast. What you're going to do is you're going to click on that link. From there, you'll be able to become an official supporter of the Luke Papala show for as little as 99 cents a month. That's right. Can you afford that $10 Starbucks coffee that you get five times a week? Yeah, I thought so. Then you can afford to support me for 99 cents a month. Can you afford the 20 packs of cigarettes that you buy multiple times a week? Yeah, I thought so. Then you can afford to support me for as little as 99 cents a month. Can you afford those 12 packs of condoms that you purchase multiple times a month to either use for your partner or practice putting on yourself? Yeah. I thought so. Then you can afford to support me for as little as 99 cents a month. So what are you waiting for? Become an official supporter. It'll be much more fulfilling than the three things that I just mentioned. Thank you and enjoy the rest of the show. So it's getting cold. It finally snowed today, which was kind of crazy to see. Did I say crazy? I meant to say crazy. But, you know, it's kind of soothing at least for the mind to you kind of have your your guard let down shall you say because all you hear now is climate change this climate change that and you know i do believe that climate change is a real problem do i believe it's as big as the alarmists say no do i think that greta thunberg is right uh, to an extent but I don't think you're going to get anything done yelling at a bunch of old white people. I mean, I just don't think that's the case. Instead, you have to, like, embrace it and try and talk to people like they're people, not like they're animals. So that's what I'm going to do. I, I don't get political on this show because I really can't make politics funny. All these late-night comedians don't make politics funny, so I don't really talk about climate change. But, for example, uh, but it snowed, so that makes me feel better about the world as a whole. And it's getting colder. Let's be honest, right? It's time to buckle up, right? I've got this flannel coat right next to me. It's not on right now. I'm in the house. I don't want to overheat. But you already know that when I put it on, I'm going to be cozy. It's going to be nice. I'm going to be insulated. Maybe I sweat a bit. I take it off. If I get too cold, I put it back on. I do love the winter time, I will say. However, when I go out, and I don't go out that much anymore, got myself into a little bit of trouble a couple months ago. Can't actually tell the whole story. Uh, more on that in a couple more episodes when it's resolved, hopefully on January 26th. But I've been hanging out with my parents a lot, man. I've been I've been doing that, and, uh, you know, they're cool and stuff, but, you know, it is what it is. Anyway, but when I do go out, right, you know, you see a lot of dudes, right? They're wearing flannels. Not a lot of guys like the puffy coat game. I'm a big fan of the puffy coat game, whatever. And then you have girls, and this is interesting. It'll be like 20, 10 degrees outside. And, you know, they got the boots, jeans, right? And then they have a crop top. 
Like, what? That doesn't make too much sense to me. How could you be, like, protecting yourself from the elements, but then you just have, like, the bare midriff open? Like, I, I just don't get it. Don't you get cold? You know, because my instant thought, right, you see a girl, and she's got a crop top on, right? Maybe she has a lot of cleavage, okay? And I've said this in previous episodes. I'm going to say this again. My first thought, if I'm wearing a coat and it's windy and it's cold, my first thought is not to look at her cleavage. No, no. My first thought is to take my coat off and give it to her, okay? Because she might be cold. That's just the respectful guy I am. That's just my character. You know what I'm saying? And so when I see girls with a crop top in 20 degree, in 10 degree weather, I just think, what are you trying to prove here? Are you trying to prove that you're tough? Are you trying to like put out this grand sex appeal? Because I don't think that's hot at all. I, I just think it makes you look stupid, to be honest with you. Like, what's your motive here? And I'll never understand the female mind. I'll never get it. But, like, really? It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, I, I see through all that stuff. You know? I just don't get what, like, the big appeal is to wearing a crop top in, like, 20, 10-degree weather. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't get it. And maybe you could, like, they could say, like, oh, but guys wear shorts in 20, 10 degree weather. Yeah, but like, it's your legs. You know what I mean? Like, women still wear dresses when it comes to, you know, cold weather, right? You still have like your legs exposed sometimes. You know what I mean? It, 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 the legs aren't that big of a deal, but that's cold. You know? I just don't get it. It, it, it doesn't hold up. I don't know, but then again, I'm not a girl, and I'm not pretending to be a girl. I just don't understand the practicality of it. It just makes no sense to me, and it uh, it never will. You know, ladies, if you uh, if you have the answer for my question, please. I, I'm not even trying to make fun. I just don't understand your point of view. I'm really lost in your train of thought here, like, what's going on? Why are you, uh, doing something that seems so illogical? Please, uh, if it, you know, gives you a superpower or something like that, or, you know, makes you warm, well, then shit, I, I want to get on the train too. I'm all for it. But like, I just don't understand the practicality of it. And that's why, for example, I say the stuff that I do, and a lot of women take it badly, right? 29% of my viewership is women, 66% of my viewership men, and then, what does that leave, like 5%, 4%, the other percent are people that are non-specified, so yeah, as you can see, this show is geared primarily towards guys my age, um, you know, and that's why I am single by choice, rather, because I don't want to be told what to do. I don't want to get in trouble for taking an hour nap and just not being by my phone. And you wake up to like 20 plus text. Where are you? Why aren't you talking to me? What are you doing? Are you with somebody else? 
it's like one of those things. Like I, I just don't want to deal with it. So you can understand why I'm single, I think. My brothers are funny. I uh I was messing with my brother the other yesterday, actually, right? And I was just being an ass. We have this plastic little foam ball, and I was throwing it at him. And this will be my last thing before I uh take off. But I uh you know, I was messing with him, whatever. And he just looks at me and he goes Luke, you peaked in high school. And, you know, to be honest, that kind of hurt my feelings. I didn't know how to respond. He goes, yeah, just like that uh, industry baby lyric. Uh, I I didn't peak in high school. I'm still out here getting cuter. In fact, he referenced that because I put that as an Instagram caption about like two months, three months ago for a picture I thought was cool. I thought it was cool, whatever. And he said, yeah, it's not true. You, you peaked in high school. You're a loser. And I just thought, well, I know I'm a loser, but I didn't peak in high school. I mean, if anything, I, I, I achieved so much more after high school, like co-founded a business, started a podcast. I have another business. Like I, I'm cool. You know what I mean? I, I started to do shit after high school. In terms of my looks, I mean, I just think I'm better now. Who knows, right? I, I could grow more facial hair. I, you know, I'm, I'm a lot stronger now, a lot more muscular in my opinion. I just don't see what his logic was. And John Paul, it was my youngest brother. And I said, John Paul, if I peaked in high school, well, then you're just like a flat line because you haven't done shit. Like literally, I can't name one accomplishment that he's accomplished in high school. If he wants to call me a loser, fine. But he, he might as well be a failure to launch in terms of like success as a person because he hasn't done shit. So that's that's that. I, I honestly don't know where that came from. I, I don't know, you know, how long he was thinking about that. But yes, it did hurt my feelings. It was partially true. Um, I am a loser, but I I, I didn't peak in high school. But all right, everybody, that's the show. I hope it was semi-entertaining. Like I said, it was kind of a stressful one for me. Um, Be sure to contribute to my show. Only 99 cents a month, right? If you've heard the the commercial for it, you've heard the ad for it, it's, it's nice. If you want more content, I get you more content, but I need the money first. So everybody go, uh, go donate, go listen to that ad a couple more times too make me a couple more cents and everybody enjoy this hopefully snowy next couple of months because lord knows we need it uh this is the goat signing out